0: Unveiling the secrets A list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel, and a very special guest today. So I'm going to, I'm going to. S- I'm going to sit down, shut up, hand it over to you, David, and learn as much as I possibly can.
1: Okay, Nathan, thank you, and welcome everybody, and welcome to Brandon Frederickson. Brandon, let's get right into it. Brandon is a stock market guru, but he turned into a marketer and then he turned into a copywriter. He's managed product launches for the likes of Jeff Walker, and he's currently a copywriter for Stansbury Research, the second largest division of Agora, which, in case anyone new here doesn't know is a $2 billion plus um, collection of direct marketing companies. Brandon specializes in product launches, and this part is important, maximizing long-term value and retention. He does this by understanding how to build a long-term relationship with each client through marketing and copy, and by working deep insides of funnels. Now, before I finish with the introduction, I want to point out that you may be leaving a lot, not you, Brandon, but you, listener, may be leaving a lot of money on the table, and you've got to stop it. Um, and Brandon's going to tell you how it's not that hard, but it's all too common. On today's show, Brandon will tell you how you can create multiple customer relationship sustaining funnels. I'll say that again, because it's a lot of big words, and they all have more than one syllable, multiple customer relationship, sustaining funnels, and stop leaving vast, stop it, stop leaving vast sums of money on the table. But I never want you to stop remembering this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and, or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance and business opportunity. You may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Brandon, welcome. Thank you. We're lucky to catch you in Iowa because I understand you're going to be back in South Africa pretty soon. Yeah? yeah,
0: next. Yeah, hopefully so. In a week or so. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Oh, ah, you're welcome. So I'd love for you to start out briefly. Um, tell us about your origin story the sure, man. the whole yahoo group and and the surprise right checks in the mail and the bank that didn't trust you and all that that's such a great yeah story.
0: I'll just all right back. so i yeah I, I went to the university of iowa i was majoring in anthropology um i sort of maybe thought i wanted to be a teacher or something but honestly like the anthropology girls seemed kind of down to go out you know yeah so it seemed like a good that was major. a very
1: very tasteful way to say that yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> and um, so I got going, but then this was like 1998, 1999. And of course, the tech stocks were just going straight up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I started buying them, and I was doing, you know, pretty well. Um, I started off with a couple thousand bucks, and pretty quickly I grew it to around a little bit over ten thousand. And I was making a $100, 150 dollars a day, you know, with day trading. I was looking for people to interact with, kind of to have a community. And of course, back in ninety eight, ninety nine, there's no such thing as Facebook. There weren't even very many message boards and whatnot. And uh, you know, none of my communist socialist anthropology friends were very interested in the stock market. <laughs> what so, a surprise what a surprise! <laughs> what a shock right uh-huh. so i uh i got on to yahoo and i started you know participating in arguments about stocks back and forth but then i noticed that you could start your own group and i started my own stock market group and i started at first i was just telling people this is what i'm going to buy this is what i'm going to sell but then people started asking me you know well what's the what's the work that's going into this? What's the analysis that's going into this? So I started kind of sharing it. And I mean, to be honest, I looked like a stock market genius, but I wasn't, the market was going straight up and all you had to do is buy tech stocks and you look like the smartest person alive. Yeah. And, um, you know, being like nineteen years old, I didn't have any concept that I should you know worry about certain things. I just bought like crazy and I looked like the smartest guy in the world so anyway, one fine day in November, my girlfriend asked me to drive her to class because it was raining, and it was an ice storm, and I totaled her car oh, so the only money I had is this ten thousand dollars and I had to buy her a new car i wasn't insured on her car, so I had a problem yeah. at that point. Um, you know it was like time for Brandon to get a real job, and that didn't sound appealing to me after I grew up on a farm and wasn't having to work this was This was nice mm-hmm. um, so one night i'm just sitting there and i 'm trying to think what to do, what to do, what to do, and you know how sometimes you just have moments of desperation and then pure inspiration hits you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, today this would make sense. I'd grown this Yahoo group to, you know, twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 people. Everybody today would be saying monetize it, monetize it, monetize it. But back then that was not, you know, that wasn't the case. I mean, the only thing they sold on the internet was porn and, you know, uh, at least the perception that people had, but I just had this idea. I thought, well, if just 20 of these people will send me 50, you know, if, if, uh, if, 50 rather 50 of these people will send me 200 bucks mm-hmm. then i will have ten thousand dollars i can get her a car and yeah. then i'm i'm and then i'm sorted right mm-hmm. so i just sent out this terrible letter it just said you know i'm working really hard for you and it's not fair and you're making a lot of money off of my work so send me 200 bucks if you want me to keep working for you and by some miracle i mean 919 people sent me a 200 check wow and so then I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is better than the stock market. So at that point I, uh, kind of started, you know, searching things and I came across like Drayton Bird's book, uh, common sense, direct marketing, and his book on writing a sales letter and Carl Galletti, some Gary Halbert things. And yeah, I was just off and rolling from there. So then and I did the stock market guru thing up until 2006. And then I, uh, I was always better at marketing than I was at, at picking stocks, especially after the market really started, you know, to go down a lot, and and you, you didn't just have to buy something to make money. Uh, but I'd grown that business over time to you know to several million dollars a year, and everybody in that market kind of knew me as a pretty good marketer. So I just started going out and getting clients, and then eventually I ended up um, working with Jeff Walker and with uh, Chris Haddad and. When I was working with Chris, he told me, Man, you actually have like you could write copy too if you, you know, if you really focused on it and you wanted to, because your writing is pretty good. And so then I kind of got a little bit more serious about it. But it's really just been the last maybe, you know, a year and a half or two years that I've kind of seriously started to focus on copy. Um, not just marketing. I've been a marketer. I've, I've always, I guess, been a marketer that can write copy. And now, you know, working a lot on my copy. Obviously, you know, I'm able to work with Mike Palmer and Patrick Beauvais and they're two of the best in the world. So,
1: absolutely. So let's talk about. I think maybe what got their attention. Obviously, you're a good copywriter, but you got to have a specialty that, as as rare as copywriters are, I think your specialty is even rarer. Maybe it shouldn't be, but should and is are usually two different words. Um, So uh, could, could you share that? I mean, the, the idea of, so my thought is this, why don't I do it this way? I'll tell you my thought and and you can springboard off of that or argue with me about it. What, whatever you think about it. My thought is everybody likes the glory of um, being a copywriter and Um, you know, getting the acclaim and and it's fun to, to write these letters and then never have anything to do except write another letter and collect all these royalties. But from the business point of view, from the point of view of the marketer, the company that's actually selling something, once you use the letter to create a customer, you've got this customer relationship. And even if people, you know, they send them a daily email and you know, they uh, do JVs and stuff. They're not really cultivating a long-term relationship. And that's what you've figured out how to do. Yeah. And there's maybe, maybe I'm guessing. I mean, I remember old Alex Mandosian. I say old, uh, not that he's that old, but uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago, he said the fortunes in the follow-up, And you know, yeah. when you first get the customer, that's only one out of every $5 you're going to make. Um, what do you think about
0: all that? Well, I, I, first of all, I'd suggest for um, you know for copywriters the the compensation structure for copywriters a lot uh, many times is not sort of in the best interest of either the business owner or the copywriter, right? So if you're able to develop these relationships with people, you know, talk to the to the business that you're with, because a lot of times the copywriter is only going to get paid on the sales letter that he writes, you know, not advancing that funnel. If you can get yourself paid on advancing that funnel, you're going to set up an annuity for yourself.
1: Can I stop you for a second? When you say advancing that funnel, could you describe in painful detail what that means?
0: Sure. So, I mean, just coming up with, you know, better gauntlets for them, which is just a follow-up sequence, you know, better list segmentation to find out where people are in the relationship, where it diverges. And so, okay, this person did, you know, one thing. So they're thinking, you know, something else than this person. Mm-hmm. And follow up with them differently. One of the one of the earliest experiences I ever had with really developing relationships and following up with people was that I noticed that people were staying. And we had this chat room where we were giving day trading picks. This, and I this, noticed this that
1: people is, This is way back in the day with your way. Your
0: yeah, way one. back in the day. Yeah, way back in the day when I was still still a communist hippie. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. so um, but I noticed that people stayed with us like six or seven months and then left. Yeah. And I just I just had this idea. Like, I just sent. Uh, at first, it was just a little gift certificate. Thank you, you know, like this. I don't know, like a clingy boyfriend or clingy, you know, girlfriend or whatever. You know, it's our six-month anniversary. Yay! You know, and I sent it to them, and I noticed that the people that I did that to tended to stay longer. And I thought, damn, that was worth spending a couple of bucks on, you know, because we're charging three hundred, four hundred dollars a month for that chat room.
1: Wait, wait, wait a second. Let me let me slow you down here. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000-ahead seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. These people are paying you $300, $400 a month. Now, when you send them a certificate, it's not like, um, you know, they they get to go to Denny's with it. Even it's just like, thank you. I'm really glad you're here. That's it, right? Like, like a thank you. No, no, you we know. sent. Um,
0: yeah, no, no, I sent like a um a gift card
1: to them, a cheap gift card, like a gift card for Starbucks or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like twenty-five bucks or something.
0: I, I think it was actually ten the first time. No,
1: I want to. I want to. I'm sorry to slow you down. I want to break this down. So oh, they're paying yeah. three hundred dollars a month. You send them a certificate yeah. with a ten dollar gift card. And they continue longer to pay $300 a month. Yeah. It was
0: extended like,
1: and error, That's not too hard to do.
0: That's not too hard, right? I mean, it, it was funny too, because like I said, you know, my uh, my my wife's time, my ex-wife now, she was really pissed. She's like, they're going to leave anyways, you know? So why are we sending them this, you know? But then they stayed. Um, and then I thought too, over, and they stayed. And then I actually started experimenting with different kinds of gifts. And eventually got to the point where we're actually sending them steak. And mm-hmm. that actually extended people for a year. So I spent like 100 bucks to send somebody some steak, right? But I made like 2000 okay. bucks. So
1: let So let's do the numbers. I really want to get back to it because this could might be flying over. People said you spent $100 and people sent you an additional $3,600.
0: No, it's make them stay for about another six months. So call it you know, around 2,000, and some of them would leave. So let's just okay. say the average was around a 1,000, you know, 1,500, a 1,000. I don't so remember that. that's pretty
1: that. hard Ten to do in to the go. stock market, right? You buy a stock yeah, exactly. for $100, get it to, to raise to a 1,000 bucks. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I sorry to slow you down because I know no, you've got sorry. all this energy, but I want people to see the value of these simple little things. And I, I'm also really glad that you brought up that your wife was pissed. Not, yeah. Not that marital discord is in it. Exciting thing, or maybe whole movies or plays have been written about. But
0: whole another thing, yeah. But
1: because your wife was a perfect avatar for most business owners, most people, the way most otherwise intelligent and successful people think.
0: Yeah, I mean, her thought was, "They're going to be leaving us anyway, so what the hell are we spending extra money for?"
1: Yeah, yeah. So how did how did you know that they wouldn't?
0: I didn't. I just wanted, and I think that that's been really a big part of my success is that I'm willing to experiment a little bit as long as it's reasonable. I mean, you know, in the stock market, the most important thing is that your risk reward ratio is in balance, right? So you right. want to make sure that if you buy a stock, even if it went to zero, you wouldn't go broke. Right. Even right. if it was a catastrophe, you'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And I've always just taken the same approach to my marketing. I'm willing to test little things out and then just see what works. And you know, most of the stuff that I test doesn't work. It's exactly the same as the stock market. Most of the stocks you buy aren't gonna be home runs, but the ones that make the ones that are home runs more than make up for those little hits that you test, you know. And I just thought it doesn't hurt us to test this on like 20 people and see what happens.
1: You sound like you could be a great venture capitalist if you wanted to. I've done that before. So Yeah. 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 You, you see you have exactly the right mindset. So, yeah. all right, let's, let's get down to brass tacks. If you don't mind, I, I know I'm, yeah. I'm going all over through time and everything. And, yeah. but, but um, for people on this call, what, what money are they leaving on the table? Either business owners or copywriters or, or both. And, by the way, if they're not pissing the customers off, they're disappointing them, right? By not offering yeah. them more of what they want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if somebody's bought something from you, they probably want more from you. There's always, I've never, I've never really found a level that you can't go to. I mean, I know even within Stansbury, people come into the funnel at Stansbury usually. Um, so I'm writing a, a sales letter right now for PSI which is mm-hmm. uh porter sansbury's front end product it's 39 dollars. that's where they're coming in at right
1: it's a newsletter right yeah
0: yeah and um and we also have like a five dollar even a five dollar book offer so that's the lowest end that people come in at is a five dollar book offer we have uh lifetime memberships which are like thirty, forty thousand 40 thousand dollars so i mean mm-hmm. even from that so and to be honest i would imagine there's people that would spend even more money than that you can always just keep wringing out the cloth you know and and there's always going to be more stuff that comes in. So I think that one of the first things you should do is, is get um, you know, creative on your funnels. And one of the best things to do, I find that not many copywriters are interested in jumping on the phone with customers. And I've always found, especially that when I find people that have written customer service and they're pissed off, mm-hmm. that if I can get on the phone with those people and find out what's going on or just even somebody that just canceled, they weren't necessarily pissed, but they just canceled and, you know, got bored, as the situation in their life changed. You, first of all, you learn a lot as a copywriter on, on what to write. You also start learning a lot about how to do renewals and you can make a ton of money doing renewals for people and it's super simple. What you said is,
1: is pure gold, but I also want to give you the counter argument on behalf of listeners to the Copywriters Podcast. A lot of copywriters are very introverted people they love yeah. to write. They don't particularly like to talk to people. Um, right. How, how, do you, how does someone who feels that way get
0: past it? Um, I mean, I don't suffer from that condition myself. Um, no,
1: you're very extroverted, I can tell. Or maybe you're introverted, but yeah. you really like to talk and talk to people.
0: Yeah, one or the other. But But I think when something is hard, look, you just have to realize that there's a benefit in doing it and do it. You know, I I spent um, 11 years as a heroin addict and eventually I just had to say this shit isn't working. It's, it sucks. It's hard. It's no fun, you know, to stop using it. Um, But eventually you just have to say my life would be better if, you know, in my case, if I stopped doing something, but in this case, like pick up the phone and just talk to a couple of people, you'll make yourself a lot more money. You'll deepen your understanding of your market. Um, You know, in the case of a freelancer, especially if you're working, you know, within one niche, when you're talking to a business owner, you'll be able to explain, you'll be able to show them that you have a deeper understanding of the market, that you're going to be able to help them more, make them more money, make you more money. I mean, it's good for everybody all around. There's no, there's just no reason not to do it. If you like money, if you don't like money, don't do it. Yeah. Okay. But if uh, you like money, that, there's no that, reason not to do it. That's, that's pretty good.
1: Um, so when you get the, can you give me an example of when you've gotten information on the phone and what what strategic plan you came up with and what tactical actions you took simple example. Do you have one?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I've just found like, um, in one case, what I I found with day traders is that they will tend to trade for a while and then get sick of the market. Their wife is yelling at them or whatever. And it's about, it's about eight months or so into it that they have to quit. Then I also found though, that what they plan to do is recapitalize and come back in six or seven months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I would just put these people in a file and then six or seven months later, say, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you today and I'm wondering how things are going. I hope life is great that, you know, and oh, by the way, are you trading again? Remember me, right? Uh-huh. So simple. And it brought in <laughs> piles of money.
1: That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I'm hearing is you're able to, to shift in your mind from long-term to short-term, you know, like almost like a zoom lens on a camera, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Boy, I I love that. Do you have any other examples, things copywriters should be looking for, things you've done? Because look
0: at it like when when you're, yeah, sure. Like when you're going through, for example, a webinar, right? Mm -hmm. Look at how far people watch into the webinar and, you know, pixel them when they leave, if they leave, if they don't. Like, because somebody that just only watched the very beginning of it is very different than somebody that watched all the way to the pitch is also very different than somebody that got to the pitch, went all the way through the pitch and still didn't order, maybe even got to the order form. Those people have totally different experiences. And if you will cater your follow-up differently to each of those people, you, you can literally double your conversion on a webinar just by recognizing that all of those people had a different experience And they all probably had, you know, a different objection, something, you know, that, that made them leave. Now, if you don't know exactly what is that objection, again, there's this magic thing called the telephone, pick it up and just call four or five of those people and say like, what the hell happened? You know, why didn't you buy? Why didn't you stay? You know, just what is is going on? And again, then this is something that you can do so simply too, because I mean, look, if you're a decent copywriter, you can put together an an email sequence follow through to get these people back on track, you know, just a day or two. It's not a long-term project, like writing a whole sales letter or a whole webinar. And again, it is something you can do. That's probably going to, you know, double, the response of this webinar you're going to make more money the client's going to love you you're going to be going above and beyond even to probably what any other copywriter has done because most freelancers are just focused on their one thing you know and if you can come in and, and add extra value to the business i mean that's how you get hired i mean look that's how i got hired at stansbury's because they saw that um you know i could uh that i could add extra value And it and it's one of these things too where um, you know, if you can add extra value, look, I mean, none of the Agora franchises are particularly known for hiring people remotely. And you can see I'm not in Baltimore, right? Yep, so if, if, yeah, if if you can show Plus, them that any eye-eye. client,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then South Africa. So, but if you can show them look, I can provide a lot of value to you. They're going to, they're going to at least let you, they're going to at least try you out. They're going to say, well, let's see what happens.
1: Okay. So, so you don't, you don't have any courses on this or you probably don't take on any coaching clients, but how can people find out more about what you're talking about? Or how can they learn it themselves?
0: Um, I mean, anybody can email me. It's just launch with Brandon at gmail dot com. Okay. Um, you could also you could also find me on Facebook. It's Brandon Lee is is what I have you see my uh, my ugly mug with a beautiful girl. So. You know, this is what copywriting can do. You can get a beautiful girl. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true. I've found that out personally. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, cause us guys and, uh, yeah, I mean, but I'm, and I'm more than happy. Look, I, I love talking to people and just comparing notes and learning things. I mean, I'm kind of obsessed about this business. So anybody that reached out to me, I'd, I'd get back to them.
1: Launch with Brandon at gmail.com. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, safe travels on your way over back to Durban and, um, Really appreciate having you on, Brandon. Cool. Thanks for having me, David. Okay.
0: All right. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on. It was an awesome conversation. And for the listeners out there, if you want to check out more of the Copywriters Podcast, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and we will catch you next time.
1: Catch you next time. If you found this episode valuable, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That way you'll never miss a show.
0: This show was brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.